Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is up, guys, and welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host, and this is episode 37. Now, 37 might not seem like a big number to some of you, depending on how long you've been listening to other podcasts compared to this one, but for this particular podcast, this is actually kind of cool. This is 37. This is about 37 straight hours of raw recording and editing, which is pretty cool. Uh, that doesn't inc- include all of the time prepping. And honestly, guys, I'm just getting started. There's so much content that I have planned for this podcast for the rest of 2018 into 2019. And honestly, I've got enough to take just on what I've planned already. I've got enough to take me into 2020. And uh, it only gets better. There's a lot of guests that I have planned. There's a lot of cool content. And this is going to be stuff that appeals to people who are just beginning and people who are about, I don't know, uh, 20% towards their goal, if you will, who have been grinding along for a little while, and people who have been in it for a long time that are like at that 80, 90%, and they just want to go get that last 10%, lose those last few extra pounds, put on that last bit of muscle, make those extra uh, like lifts a little bit higher in number. And uh, anyway, I've got stuff all across the board. And today... I'm going to be talking about something that I've been asked about a lot and people give me weird looks about a lot and is becoming a little bit more popular depending on what spaces you hang out in and people you interact with, but it is intermittent fasting. And I have talked about that a little bit in the podcast, but I haven't gone into depth. And the thing that people seem to ask me about the most and the thing that people talk about with me the most isn't like the philosophy of, of intermittent fasting or the high level, why do you do it and what does it really do for you? It's more, uh, they understand that it's how to actually get started. How do you actually begin intermittent fasting? Do you literally just stop eating one day? Like, is that all you do? You just, you pick a time a day to eat and that's that. Because, you know, when we talk about intermittent fasting, we talk about literally what it sounds like. We talk about fasting intermittently throughout the day, throughout the week. And, The main benefits of intermittent fasting, uh, depending on who you ask, because some people have different outlooks and views and perspectives and all that. Um, But, you know, the main point of intermittent fasting, the main benefit of it is that you are cramming your eating into a smaller window of time during the day. And that, so that's not the benefit. That's just what you do. The benefit that comes from cramming all of your eating into a small window of the day is that it makes it extremely difficult, borderline impossible sometimes, depending on your RMR and your goals and what you're eating to achieve, because we always eat with purpose, we train with purpose, right? Uh, but by doing that, by by forcing your, your eating window to be smaller than normal, it makes it very difficult to overeat. Very, very, very difficult to overeat. So if you're trying to lose weight, intermittent fasting is such an important 
tool for you. Now, it's not for everybody, sure, but it is probably for 95% of you, and it's very easy to incorporate once you get started, and man, does it work. Holy shit, does it work. The reason that it works, guys, is because it is just so hard to overeat when your eating window is so small. And the other thing that it does for you is it allows you to have large, satisfying meals, high volume meals. And you are because you're, you're cramming all your calories and all your fat and all your protein and all your carbs into a smaller window, you have to eat bigger meals to make sure that you're, you're hitting your macros. Because the last thing you want to do is be cal- calorically de- come into a, like a caloric deficit, right? You don't want to be deficient on calories. You don't want to be deficient on your macros. You want to come in at the numbers that you have set because you hopefully at some point, maybe you're new here, maybe you're new to fitness and that's cool too. Uh, but if you are not, hopefully you have uh, listened to either my podcast or read up somewhere so, uh, or been taught somehow the importance of macros and how macros should govern your daily intake. Uh, and it's important to meet those. And it's important that you don't come in so far beneath those on a consistent basis that you're not meeting them because then you're no longer eating with purpose. You have governing rules or macros that are kind of like putting caps on all of your your proteins, fats, carbs, and your calories. And just because that's a cap doesn't mean you want to come in heavily or significantly below those numbers. All right. That will, you know, I mean, this is going to turn into a weight loss conversation, but yes, you'll lose weight if you eat below your macros, but that's not what you want to do. You set your macros and your caloric target to be aligned with your goal so that you eat stuff to get you to that, that number. And that number will allow you to lose weight. If you set a macro target and a caloric target and then you consistently eat below it, then that means your macro target and your caloric target are wrong. They are incorrect and they should not be what they are. You should be setting them lower depending on what your goals are. Um, anyway, talked about this at length. This conversation is not about macros. It's not about calories. It's not about uh, caloric deficit and caloric excess You know, based on around your goals. Uh, it is about intermittent fasting. So we're going to talk about how to begin intermittent fasting, right? That's the point of this. And it, it, the reason we're having this discussion, the reason I'm talking about this, and the, is, it, again, BS people have asked me about it, but you know, I got to thinking about it and it's, it is, it is a little scary. Like you've been eating the same way your entire life. That could be 20, 30, 40, 50 years, depending on how old you are. And that means you've been eating a breakfast likely and a lunch and a dinner. Now, I know a lot of people skip breakfast. You might be one of them. You may think that it's a good idea to just skip breakfast because you skip breakfast and you drink coffee instead and then you don't eat anything. And then at lunch, you gorge yourself or maybe you don't. But at some point during the day, you're eating something that's bad for you and ultimately your macros are all screwed up. Have you ever, actually, this is a good question. Have you ever noticed that there, the, the people in your life who skip breakfast, most of them, not all of them necessarily, but most of them are overweight or unhealthy to some degree. Because I know a lot of people personally that, and, I've, and this has been this way for years, some of, the, some of the fattest people in my life, the most overweight people, unhealthy people in my life skip breakfast and have felt the need to um, get, provide their opinion on my health habits and their strategy was to not 
eat breakfast. Now, again, these are some of the fattest people in my life don't eat breakfast. And they've been doing this for years. And this is just another example of textbook insanity where they do something over and over and over and over again and expect a different result. And it just doesn't work out that way. Okay. Skipping breakfast is not the strategy to losing weight. And just because you skip breakfast does not mean you're executing intermittent fasting. And if you skip breakfast, that doesn't mean if, listen, if you skip breakfast, I'm going to say this, be very clear. If you skip breakfast because you think that's a good idea just to skip breakfast and you think that's a good idea and that that's going to help you lose weight, then you better be very, very thoughtful about what you do after breakfast for the rest of the day regarding your nutrition. Again, if you skip breakfast and you've been skipping breakfast because you think that's a good idea, then you need to pay extra attention to what you're consuming after breakfast for the rest of the day. Because I can promise you that there are way too many people who skip breakfast because they think that's a good idea, but then they eat nothing but pure sugar and shit for the rest of the day, and they end up way over their macro target, if they even have one, way over their normal caloric maintenance target, and they end up obese, or they end up that, you know, like a a level of, of fat or a level of overweight that they don't like, right? They end up uncomfortable. They end up hating the way that they feel and the way that they look. Okay. That you don't want to end up that way. So skipping breakfast is not the answer. Now there's a little asterisk next to that because what I'm about to talk about is how to begin incorporating intermittent fasting. And the first thing that I'm going to recommend on how to begin intermittent fasting because it is a grad it should be a gradual process. It's hard to go cold turkey from what you're doing now with that lifelong strategy and pattern of repetition that I described where you're eating breakfast, lunch, dinner throughout your entire day from when you wake up to when you go to sleep, which is, you know, could be uh, 14, 15, 16 hours, right? That's your, your typical eating window for most humans. My first recommendation is going to be skip breakfast. Now, Again, skipping breakfast is not the key to weight loss, okay? But skipping breakfast is and can be a significant component to successfully executing intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, however, is a weight loss tactic, okay? <laughs> so that's that's pretty wordy. I want to say it one more time. Skipping breakfast is not a strategy for losing weight. However, skipping breakfast is a major component to successfully executing intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting is a strategy for losing weight. Okay? So if you're skipping breakfast, but you're not practicing intermittent fasting, it does not do you any good. But if you're skipping breakfast and you are intermittent fasting, then you were on your way to success. So let's talk about that. Now, the reason that's my number one recommendation for starting to incorporate intermittent fasting is because it's the easiest part of the whole thing, okay? Now, there's some, there's some uh, caveats to this. If you train in the morning, then I don't recommend this. If you get up in the morning and you go straight to the gym and then you leave the gym and hopefully if you're there, you're doing some form of weightlifting too, Uh, But if you go to the gym and you train really hard for 45 minutes or an hour, an hour and a half, and then you leave, I do, and you're doing this at 
five in the morning, six in the morning, I do not recommend that you don't eat anything uh, for the next like three, four, five hours. I do not recommend that. If you're training hard in the morning, that's the only time when you can break this, okay? Because you need to, I've talked about the anabolic window. When you finish training and you're destroying your muscles, right? You are, you're putting your whole system in a catabolic state. You're breaking everything down, right? Your muscles are starting to become damaged and they're experiencing trauma. Uh, and then you have this anabolic window after you train where you need to provide all the essential aminos to your body to begin protein synthesis, get those glycogen levels up. So you want to take in a simple carbohydrate, replace those levels. And that is the time when you want to take in uh, like a, a nice a two scoop shake, um, some sort of simple carb, preferably something sugary, honestly, a banana, um, some rice cakes with some peanut butter. If you can fit that in macro wise. Um, I love uh, first form has something called um, uh, ignition, first form ignition. And it's a powder supplement that I put in my shake now. And what it is, is it's basically sugar mixed with some other vitamins and minerals, but it's like 43 grams of carbs from, from added sugar. Now that might sound ridiculous to you, but listen, that anabolic window following your training schedule, like immediately following your training, I'm talking like within a half hour, 45 minutes and you trained really hard, right? You lifted weights. You want to get those simple carbs back in your body as fast as possible. Now, the benefit of something like ignition, and I'm sure there's others out there, but the benefit of something like that is that it's in powder form and it is digested way faster and it gets those glycogen levels replaced and your insulin spiked way up way faster than eating like a banana or like having gummy bears or something like that. I mean, I mean that might sound funny to you, but that is something a lot of people do. They eat gummy bears or gummy worms or Swedish fish or something uh, just to try and get those glycogen levels up. And that does work, okay? But the problem is your body has to break that down first. It has to digest in your stomach and then it gets released into your bloodstream. So while that's all good and great, if you have something that's powder form that's broken down, what's well, basically already broken down, um, your body will digest that in a fraction of the time. So that's always going to be my recommendation, something like that, something like first form ignition. But even if it's not that, you need to get those simple carbs in. So again, my point is if you are training in the morning and you're doing some sort of weightlifting and you're doing some, some, some sort of heavy training regimen, you need to use that immediate time after that training to take in some calories, to take in some protein, to take in some simple carbs. If you're not training in the morning, Okay, then this whole intermittent fasting thing, skipping breakfast, that becomes something that you need to begin practicing. So you're going to skip breakfast. If you get up at six, seven, eight, nine, you're going to skip breakfast all the way for those first four or five hours. And the only thing that I recommend consuming would be water or black coffee. Uh, I don't recommend putting anything in your coffee except maybe some Splenda or something that's calorie free, something that's not going to make you feel like you need to eat. Because that is what happens if you eat something in the morning, if you drink something in the morning that's like calorically high, not even calorically moderate, uh, it will, it has the effect of creating hunger and that never really stops for the rest of the day. It's almost like you're, I hate to use this phrase, but you're, you're starting the engine or whatever, you know, you're, you're getting the, the furnace going and then all of a sudden your body's going to want something. So I recommend not even eating anything. Now, some people will argue that if you fast in the morning, you are doing a lot of other things for your body. You are creating uh, this 
like innate uh, hunter gatherer feeling where your body goes into ultra burning mode and high energy mode and you get a spike of, of energy as a result. And that may be true. I don't have any science behind that. And quite honestly, I haven't found anybody that does. They just talk about that being the case. And uh, I would say that I do have energy in the morning when I intermittent fast. And I think you'll probably experience that as well. So maybe there's some truth to that. But I, I don't know that I'm any more energetic in the morning by not eating than I am when I do eat. I guess that's my point. And so I invite you to test that and see what works for you as far as that whole energy thing. But as far as intermittent fasting goes, the goal is to shorten the eating window. And I've talked about this before. You want to get that eating window down to like eight hours and then eventually hopefully seven. Um, And then depending on your goals, six is like the ultimate. Like if you can meet, if you can achieve a six hour eating window, then you're like fucking, you're killing it. Uh, but eight is fine. Eight is like, I'd say the, the norm that's like the 90 percentile or whatever of people live in that, that 80 or that eight hour eating window, the eight hour consuming window. Now for me, that's about 12 PM to 8 PM. And that works really, really well. And the way that I do that is by skipping breakfast and then eating from 12 to 8, and that's it. And it makes it really, really hard, again, to to go over that, that caloric target. So, okay, so let's get back to number one, skipping breakfast, okay? Uh, that is going to be the most important piece of this whole thing. If you can skip breakfast and train yourself to skip breakfast over time, uh, that will make that eating window shortening so much easier. And I think that most people have enough natural energy in the morning anyway where they don't really need breakfast. That's something that a lot of people talk about. Uh, Like you're growing up as a kid, you know, you need to eat breakfast. And while that might be true if you're a kid because you're going to school and you don't have access to food necessarily until lunchtime and kids aren't really the same as adults, obviously. Um, But once you once you become an adult, you know, you don't need to eat like a a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old anymore. You don't need to have those three squares. You can adjust your eating window, okay? You're done maturing. You're done growing, and your skeleton is done growing. So uh, that's what makes it so amazing, and that's what makes it so easy to move that window around is because we have the ability to be dynamic. So I'm going to always recommend one more time, kind of beating the dead horse here, skipping breakfast, Unless you are training heavy. If you're training and you're working out real hard, then you got to have that post-workout meal. And then your eating window now is from there, hopefully, for eight hours. Now, that makes it a lot harder because if you train at six in the morning, right, like I do sometimes, then that would make your eating window like 7.30. Whenever you're done training, let's call it 7, 7 a.m., right? Uh, for eight hours, that's like 3 p.m., right? 3 p.m., 4 p.m., depending on what you want to do. So that makes it really, really hard. So, you know, there's there's some like next level stuff to this that I'm not really going to talk about today. Uh, but if that is the case where you're training in the morning and you're eating immediately after, you can do things like space your meals out really, really, really far. So you, you eat at seven and then you don't eat again until two and then you don't eat again until like eight. Um, and that does achieve kind of the same effect. But it's a little bit next level and you, and you kind of have to be able to, maybe you can do this already, maybe you can't, but you kind of have to be able to go without. You kind of have to be able to stretch that window of time between meals farther apart to make that work. Uh, but regardless, 
We're just going to move on. Skipping breakfast, if you can do it, do it, okay? That is the easiest and the uh, quickest way to introduce yourself to intermittent fasting. Now, what's number two? Okay, resisting snacking. This is the thing that kills most people, even people who begin skipping breakfast, okay? And they decide that their eating window is going to be from 12 to 8. So they skip breakfast and they're doing great. They start off the morning at a deficit. They make their way all the way to lunch and they're working at a deficit. They're like minus 400 for the day or something. And then they eat their first meal. Maybe it's a 600 calorie meal. That's great. And then what happens? Two o'clock, three o'clock roll around. They're at work. They're bored and uh, you know they're doing whatever. And they notice that they have a jar of almonds on their desk or they have, I don't know, something else, protein bars in their drawer or something like that. And while those are okay food sources, they're still snacks, right? They're still, they're, they're the in-betweens. And snacks in themselves aren't a bad thing, okay? But the problem is stuff adds up. And when you get bored, you eat. A lot of people eat, right? When you get bored and you eat because you're bored and you don't even really realize you're doing it, it's very, very simple to put down three, four, five, six hundred calories of something like that and completely throw your macros off. Now, here's an example. Let's say you're operating at a 2100 calorie caloric target, okay? And you intermittent fast in the morning, you have your first meal at noon, 700 calories, boom, one third of your day right there. Uh, 435 o'clock. Uh, well, actually, you know what? Let's just say this. So you normally eat from 12 to 8. That's your eating window. And 12 o'clock is your first meal, 700 calories. You normally don't eat until 5.30. Okay, that's five and a half hours later. And that's another 700-calorie meal. And then you eat your last meal right before your eating window. It's so like 7.50, okay? I know a lot of people that do this. I do this a lot, and it works really well. So that's three 700-calorie meals. That's 2,100 calories. Um, but here's the problem. Between 12 and 5.30, you are dying. You're at work and you've been, I don't know, you're working on some PowerPoint slides or something, right? And you are, are dying. You know, you have almonds or something in your, your drawer, protein bars, you go grab one, you grab two maybe, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, you, you take down three, four, five hundred calories. You are, you're sitting in a shitty spot because now you've eaten a lunch that was 700 calories. You've had some snacks. Let's just say that's 300. So you're actually at a thousand. So you only have another 1100 for the rest of the day. Now, while that might seem like a lot, if you don't get your macros in, then you're not eating with purpose. So you go home or whatever, and you, you eat your normal second meal, right? Which is around dinner time. And instead of being at 1400 calories, you're at 1,700 calories. And then your body is so used to being hungry at like 8 o'clock that you go and you eat your normal thing. Or maybe you don't even feel hungry, but you do it out of habit. You eat your normal 8 o'clock meal anyway. Now you're over by 300 calories. Now, while that might not seem like a lot, it violates your governing rules. It violates your macros. It violates your caloric target. It throws everything off. And if I have ever preached anything to anybody ever about fitness and nutrition, it is that consistency is the key. Consistency and trusting in the process. Well, if you're not consistent, then you're not trusting in the process. Okay. And if you're not trusting in the process, you're not being consistent because those two things are married to each other. So resisting snacking is like 
It's almost as important as number one. Okay. And then when it comes to intermittent fasting, the reason we do it is because it makes it so difficult to overeat in that eight hour window. And snacking is one of those things that you ultimately will get to a point where you don't need because you're trying to eat to a day's worth of calories in a much smaller period of time. So you can have bigger meals, right? That is the goal. And if you skip breakfast, it's actually at first, you're not even going to want to snack. Okay. You're not going to want to snack because you are eating your first meal at noon or whatever. And you're going to feel so full for eating from eating a 600, 700, 800 calorie meal at noon that you aren't going to want to snack until, well, you're not going to want to eat at all until dinner or until that second meal. And then it, in some cases, it might even be hard to get that third meal in. Okay. But once you balance out over the course of a couple of days or a week, then it becomes very, very simple to follow that process. And then as you continue to go down that path for another month or so, it actually get you get to a point where you feel so good because you are sticking to your macros and your body is adjusting and you're starting to see all the positive results of it. And chances are it's your first time in your entire life that you've ever felt this way because you've probably never followed macros before or followed a caloric target and actually stuck to it. You start to feel so good and your body's just firing on all cylinders. Well, that period of time between your first meal and your second meal you start to notice some hunger creep up and that's where the snacking becomes a thing. And that's where you need to fill in that gap and fill in that craving, give into it with stuff like water, uh, maybe a rice cake, which I understand is a snack. There's, cal- there's calories there for sure. But if you have one or two of those, it's way better than a handful of almonds, believe it or not. It's way better than a protein bar in most cases because they are actually calorically kind of heavy. And forget about the fact that they have protein, right? We're talking calories. Calories are king. (laughs) So, um, you know, if you have a rice cake, that's 50 calories, a Quaker rice cake, 50 calories, it has enough volume to it that it satiates you a little bit. And if you have a big glass of water with that, then you've only consumed 50 calories, but you've put a ton of volume in your body and it actually holds you over quite well. Greens are another one, right? Cucumber slices, um, spinach, stuff like that celery. If you're into that, I hate celery, but a lot of people love it. Broccoli, uh, things like that. They're almost zero calorie and they, you can have a tremendous amount of volume for the ROI on it is just so high. There's like basically no downside to it. Um, so, you know, greens are great rice cakes again in small doses, one or two and water. If you can fill up on those things or, you know, BCAAs, they make drinking water a little bit easier, a little bit more fun. It tastes good, you know, all that. Um, but anyway, the combination of those things should be what a snack is to you. Okay. Not protein bars. Those are kind of meal replacement type stuff. Um, so that's my number two resisting snacking. So, so far we've covered one skipping breakfast, right? That's step one to easily begin intermittent fasting. Okay. That is the first thing you should do. Step two, resisting snacking as much as possible at all costs, guys, resist snacking. Okay, some days are harder than others for sure. And that's when you want to reach for things like a rice cake or water or greens. Uh, but resisting snacking is so incredibly important. Now, number three, and this is another <laughs> extremely important one, but it is a critical step for getting started with intermittent fasting. And that is 
planning your last meal of the day, that third meal or whatever, so that you don't consume anything after your eating window. Now, we talk about a 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. eating window on this podcast. Obviously, if you work a night job or you do something else and your schedule is not typical, then you would adjust this accordingly. But we're going to pretend that everybody works a 12 to 8, uh, works to a 12 to 8 eating window, okay? Uh, you get up at 6 and you go to bed at 10 or something like that. Um, so number three is to plan your last meal so you don't you don't consume anything after the closing of that eating window, that 8 p.m. cutoff, okay? This will put you into that eight-hour window by doing that. You'll be starting at 12, you'll be ending at 8, and that's that. That is the goal is to get to that window. And if you're under, you're under. If you're over, you're over. I'm talking calories here. I'm talking macros. If you are over when 8 o'clock comes and goes, then you're over. And if you're under when 8 o'clock comes and goes, then you're under. You're not going to eat extra after that eating window to try and catch up, okay? And obviously, if you've overeaten by 8 o'clock, you can't undo that. So you have to throw that whole day away as a loss and start again the next day, which is okay. But the way to strategize so that you don't overeat uh, after 8 o'clock is to shoot for that last meal to be around like 7.30, 7.45, 7.50, okay? Like that's when you start actually taking the fork to your mouth, right? Is it like like right before that eating window closes? And, you know, there's obviously flexibility there, but if you do that, it makes the whole thing a lot easier because you're basically eating into that window. And then when I say 8 o'clock is your cutoff, I mean, it could be 8.05, you know, it doesn't really matter, the point is to try and be as close as possible. So if you start eating at 7.50 and it takes you 15 minutes to eat that meal, it's 8.05, it's just not, just, I consider that the exact same thing as 8 o'clock. Uh, but if you, again, if you eat that close to the end of the window, the end of that eight-hour window, you're making your life easier. You're making the whole incorporation of intermittent fasting easier on yourself and you're feeling all the benefits of it and you're increasing your chance of success. Okay, you're almost guaranteeing it, actually, because from eight to 10 or eight to 11, you're not really going to get hungry anyway. Okay, you might think you are out of habit. Maybe you're used to having ice cream or something at night, uh, you know, which is that's that's got its own like downsides to it. But, you know, you are if you're not used to eating right, if all if all you do at night consumption wise is eat out of habit you'll be easily able to kick that in a short period of time by eating close to the end of that eating window, okay? And this brings me to my next major point, actually, about eating late at night and eating later at night is that it doesn't matter, okay? If you are of the belief that eating food at 8 o'clock at night is different on your body than eating food at noon, and I'm talking about weight loss and muscle gain, stuff like that, then you are wrong, unfortunately. All right, hate to say it, but you're wrong. You, uh, you, you have, your body has no ability to tell time, and it doesn't operate any differently at night as it does in the morning. If you have a bowl of cereal 15 minutes before bed, uh, as far as calories go, calories consumed and macros consumed, fat loss, all that stuff, it's no different than having that bowl of cereal at nine in the morning, okay? Now, again, you're probably wondering, well, then you just said you're eating cereal at 10 o'clock at night, but then nine in the morning, like that's, 
you know, that's a really, really wide window. No. I'm using that as an example. The eating window of intermittent fasting people should be a lot smaller than that. And the reason, again, that we do this, the reason intermittent fasting is so good and so effective and it helps people be tremendously successful is because it makes it so hard to overeat in that smaller window, okay? If you can put off eating for a long time during the day, and by the way, it doesn't have to be noon, just so you know, but if you can put off eating for a long time during the day, that four, five, six hours, seven hours, and then you start eating, right? You break your fast at that point, and you, it's just so difficult to overeat if you're starting that late in the day. That's the benefit, guys. And especially if you are following macros, if you're following a meal plan, maybe from a coach, or maybe you came up with one on your own, if you're following that, then you are eating likely a lot of whole foods, a lot of good quality foods. You're not eating a bunch of shit. So if you're getting all your carbs from oats and rice and whole grains and sweet potatoes and stuff like that, and you're getting your protein from lean chicken or beef or pork, and you're getting your fats from all of those sources as well. Um, you know, if you're doing that, you're eating those types of foods and not pizza and not like burgers, cheeseburgers and stuff like that, you won't have uh, any trouble, first of all, meeting your macros and you will have trouble overeating. I promise you it is very difficult to overeat when you are eating those types of foods. Okay, very, very difficult. So again, I just want to I want to go through this list one more time and remind you that these are three steps to easily begin intermittent fasting. These aren't like my golden rules for intermittent fasting. These aren't the things that I recommend a long-term intermittent faster try to use. These are specifically for you if you are new to intermittent fasting, you're trying to lose weight, you don't want to go and try another bullshit fad because that's not what this is. You don't want to go keto. You don't want to like go paleo or something like that. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with those. I just don't feel like they are for everybody. In fact, I feel like they are for very, 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 very few people. And you want to try something that allows you to eat normal food, okay, regular food that you like, and you want to feel full. You want to have big meals still, and you don't want to give up a lot of the things that you used to love. Intermittent fasting is such a good strategy, guys. It's not a diet, okay? It doesn't have anything to do with the food you're eating. It's the amount you're eating, but more specifically when you're eating it, okay? You're having the same food, basically. It's just when you're eating it. That's all. That's all it changes. It's not a diet. It's when you eat it, the time of the day. Uh, so again, number one, this is for uh, beginning to introduce intermittent fasting to your lifestyle. Number one, skip breakfast, Okay, skip breakfast, put off that first meal as long as you can, drink a lot of water, drink black coffee, uh, try not to take in any calories if you can avoid it. Okay, the only caveat to that is training. If you're training in the morning, you got to have that post-training carb and that post-training protein. But other than that, put off that first meal uh, as long as you can, five, six, seven hours, okay? Uh, number two, resist snacking at all costs. Of course, this counts for outside the window more than anything else, but also within the window, guys resist snacking. Okay. If you are intermittent fasting and you're actually doing it, you probably aren't hungry anyway. You don't want to snack because you're having huge, fulfilling, uh, satisfying meals. Okay. Number three, plan your meals more specifically plan your last meal of the day 
so that it is close to your, this is a strategy, this is a tactic, this is like a hack, like a little thing to just help the whole uh, process be like a lot smoother. And that is to plan your meals and plan your last meal so that you don't consume anything after your, the end of your, your window, okay? Could be 8 p.m., 9 p.m., whatever. Uh, but try to have it close to the end of that eating window, okay? 10 minutes before, 15 minutes before, so that as soon as that window closes, you're full. And because you're full, you won't want to eat for the rest of the night, okay? You'll go to bed, you'll wake up the next day, and you're gonna drink water, you're gonna drink more black coffee, whatever, get you to that first meal again, and that will be the next time you eat, okay? So if you don't, if you stop eating at 8 p.m., you're not going to eat again. Think about this. You're not going to eat again until like noon or 1 p.m. the next day. Okay, that could be uh, 16, 17 hours later. Right, think about that because that's the goal. And then you're going to eat big, satisfying, fulfilling meals from that first meal the next day at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, whatever, for like eight hours. And then you're going to do it all over again. And what you'll experience, guys, is... It'll feel really weird at first because you're going to be having some big meals that you probably aren't used to, uh, but then you're going to go a long period of time without eating, and it's going to feel strange, okay? It's almost going to feel like binge eating a little bit, like I'm starving, and then I'm binge eating, and then I'm starving, and then I'm binge eating. Um, it's going to feel like that maybe a little bit to you for, for a little while, but then once your body gets used to it, you'll see the effects, okay? You'll feel the effects. You're going to feel amazing. I promise you have never really felt anything like it. Okay. Your metabolism is going to react to it. You're going to lose weight like crazy. You're going to be hitting your macros very, very, very easily. And what you're going to also experience is falling in love with huge fulfilling meals that make you feel good. And that is a feeling once you actually (laughs) indulge in that, that, uh, it's, uh, it's very rewarding. I can't really explain it, but it feels really good. I feel like when I eat, I almost feel like my body's thanking me. It's really strange. (laughs) I know how that probably sounds, but it's the truth. It's the truth. I have big fulfilling meals, a lot of micros, a lot of macros. I have a lot of vegetables and, um, I, I just, I feel good. My body feels good when I do that. And I have never felt like that with any other eating strategy or, or nutritional strategy of any kind. Uh, but intermittent fasting does make me feel like that. So it's like it's improved my like vitality in a way. And uh, I think anybody can experience it. I also think that if you were to ask anybody in the fitness space or anybody at all who has intermittent fasted and has been successful with weight loss and, and muscle gain and staying lean by using that, they'll tell you the same thing. They'll tell you the exact same thing. It's, yeah, it just it feels so good. And I can still eat all my stuff and I can... I can satiate myself mentally, physically. I can give in some cravings every now and again because I'm staying within my eating window and I'm staying within my macros and it's just, it's working, right? It's like the true, it, it helps you achieve the true, um, the true meaning of flexible eating, right? Flexible dieting, which is eat flexible, like be flexible. It's like you can eat stuff that is technically like how some people would consider unhealthy, right? Or not, not whole foods, not clean foods or whatever. Uh, but you can still eat them a little bit, right? Because you're preparing and you're eating it in moderation and you're eating within your, your window, your eating window, and you're not going overboard on the, the calories and the macros. And you can still, you know, you can still eat that stuff, but you're also, you're eating everything else to, to round out the numbers. Uh, it's like the one eating strategy that allows you to do that and still be successful 
at losing weight, putting on muscle and whatever other fitness goals you have. So, uh, it really is like the ultimate eating strategy. In my opinion, I recommend you try it. I always recommend my clients try it. Um, it's like if I take on a client who is trying to lose weight, my number one thing that I'm going to have them do is intermittent fasting. Okay. And I have yet to experience anyone who has been unsuccessful with it. Now I've had people tell me that they feel lower in energy in the morning when they skip breakfast. I've even had someone tell me they, (laughs) they get nauseous in the morning if they don't eat. Now I don't think that's true, but that's what, that's the story they're telling themselves. And what I really think is going on is that when you get super hungry, think about when you get like, you're ridiculously hungry in the morning. It does happen sometimes, right? Especially if you eat something late at night and then you wake up and you just feel like you're starving. Like you haven't eaten in days, uh, almost to the point where you feel nauseous. Well, what's going on there is your body's just adjusting to yourself waking up. Uh, it's still digesting the food that you ate. And, um, the way to deal with that is to drink water, drink coffee or whatever you drink in the morning. That's not calorically heavy. And then, uh, just, you know, if you can go for a little walk, right? That metabolism kick that, that happens as a result will take care of that. Okay. And I've never been able to not kick that using that strategy. But anyway, I've had someone say that before and that particular person was very stubborn about it. So we had to work out something else to make it work. But other than that, I've never had anybody be unsuccessful or not experience success by shortening that eating window because it does work. Okay. You're trying to do a lot of stuff, AKA eat more calories, eat more macros in a shorter amount of time in a shorter like area of opportunity. And that's just not possible after a while. It becomes very, very difficult, especially if you're training really hard, you're lifting a ton of weight and you're trying to stay ultra lean, but you're, I don't know, let's say you're doing like progressive overload, hypertrophy, trying to put on muscle mass. Your RMR is probably through the roof, right? It's probably close to 3000 calories, 2,600 calories, 2,800 calories. It make you're eating to try and hit those numbers in seven, eight hours is very, very hard. Like, like you have to try extremely hard just to meet the numbers, let alone to exceed them. Um, but anyway, so those are the three things, guys. Skip breakfast, resist snacking, plan your meals out strategically. So uh, that is going to do it for this episode. If you got any value out of this whatsoever, if you now feel like you understand intermittent fasting a little bit, please go into iTunes, leave me a review, leave me a rating. Um, and subscribe, of course. I would really appreciate that. That helps me reach more people and educate them on things like intermittent fasting. So also, if you have a like-minded friend in your life that needs to hear this, that needs to lose weight, is trying to lose weight, is trying to change their lifestyle habits, send this episode over to them and make sure they hear the words, okay? Tag me on social media. I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to have a conversation with them and just see what everybody's up to. So uh, do that. I really appreciate it. I love you guys. And with that, I will catch you in the next episode. See ya.